reading. Top to bottom, left to right. Group words together as a sentence. Take Tylenol for any headaches. Might offer any cramps. What's up, motherfuckers? And welcome to another episode of Not Another Shitty Book Club. As you're aware, this is Book Club, but it's rated R because we cuss a lot. So it's been a while since we've been on this podcast. Uh, Shit happens, life happens. So yeah, me and James have had to just deal with 2020. So that's why we've had to... We just took a while to finally get here. But we're here! We've read chapter 13, and I must say... What a fucking terrible chapter to end on. God damn it. I know. <laughs> uh, see, this is the reason why I just by going doing what I did, you know? Okay. Uh, just, just a quick recap. If people did not listen to the first episode, we are reading The Relic Master. Um, I can't remember the name of the guy who wrote it. Christopher, Christopher Buckley. Christopher Buckley. Yeah. Christopher Buckley wrote it. Um, so we read chapters 1 through 13. Um, some of us kept reading, even after they were supposed to stop. Um, but we're, gonna dis- we're just going to discuss chapters 1 through 13 today. Why are you one, pointing fingers at me? One of us. <laughs> Why are you pointing fingers? <laughs> because you got, a new mic. you got a new mic. People can hear you. So it was only natural that you're going to be like, haha, fuck you, bitches. I'm going to read ahead. The people Not like the rest of us. <laughs> it was like, I don't know. I feel ganged up on. I don't like this. <laughs> now you know what Zach goes through every day. Oh, fucking finally, it's somebody else. Yeah, but Zach <laughs> likes it. He's a masochist. Wait, isn't wait? Isn't it the the one that? No, he'd be a sadist if yeah. he liked me. I'm the, no, he likes the yeah. so I'm I'm there. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so I think let's just start off by saying like, we introduce hey, ourselves again. Oh, I guess we could do that. I'm James. <laughs> hi james that, that's me that's i'm just james i'm zach hi james <laughs> hi zach my name's john juan hi john, john juan go with. I'm john. With your name says john jerry juan. jones in discord oh, oh john juan don't me oh, okay hashtag Tell people number four. Ta- what the fuck does that mean hashtag number four and zach we trust okay Leave that's, me that's just that's just number four, Zach. Now, before the age of hashtags, that was just a number sign. What? Pound sign four? <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag okay. <laughs> hey, Matt, then... when you still do calls, hey, when I call uh, the university, and they're like, enter your R number, and then press pound. Soon it's going to be, and then press hashtag. <laughs> that threw me off. I'm like, I, I forget what the pound sign is sometimes. Like, just say hashtag. <laughs> hashtag university. Hashtag no! whatever. You are as oh. old as us. You know it's a fucking pound sign. Let's get back to the book. Yes, before we get sidetracked. So let's hear everybody's initial reaction of the book. Like, did it take you a while to get into it? Were you like automatically hooked? Like, what's going on with it? No, it, it for me, it took me a while to get into it. I know the moment I got into it, I got hooked on it. It didn't take you in, or it did? It so, did. I did. And I know the exact moment where it took me. I know it. I know it got it me did. into it. Because I think it was the same moment I was talking to Zach about it before we even uh, did the podcast again. When they talk about religion, like, fuck religion. It's all oh. for money. You're that talking about Marcus? on that boat with mm-hmm. uh, Desmond and what is it, Samuel? Sam? Marcus, Marcus. No, Marcus. Marcus, yeah. Him. Yeah. And they're talking about religion, and he shoots a crossbow at the church. That is when I'm like, <laughs> I got to read this. I enjoy this. It's funny. I was reading that exact part. I was like, this is the part where Juan was talking about. I guarantee it. And so I texted him. I was like, was it this part? Was it this exact part? He's like, yeah. 
Like I knew it. No, I I was reading yesterday because I was like, shit, I need to get this done. And <laughs> when I got done with that chapter, I came out and I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I love Marcus. Like, yes. <laughs> Marcus I'm all for this. Like <laughs> the church. Churches. You know, indulgence. <laughs> You know, it just reminded me, I grew up Catholic, so indulgence, like, you know, we had to pray everybody, like, with rosaries, you have to pray everybody into heaven, and then you have Same. a funeral, and I was like, what Same, the fuck is that. the purpose of a rosary? <laughs> What's the point of the money? It's my question. Why do I have to pay so much money? Oh, it's the oh my God. It's all about money. Yeah. Why do I have to pay two, why do they pass a collection uh, bowl twice, especially in Catholic Catholicism? Catholicism? Well, I think they mention it in the book, they're like, if you pay, so, more money you pay, like, the more penance you get, that you get, or something like that, I don't remember. Yeah, they don't yeah, about me, you get sentences taken off your yeah. um, your and yeah. purgatory. Yeah. So you could be a murderer and a rapist, but if you pay some money, yeah, that, that, means, that just means the rich well, get away with everything, if you know what I mean. Hint, hint, uh huh. Yeah, things, have, things have really changed since then, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. In the book, the Archbishop, with all the relics he had, he had over 200,000 years off his sentence in purgatory. And I was kind of like, so how long is fucking purgatory? Like, are we in there a million years? Because that's a lot of fucking years. Especially he's already got off a the sentence. cousin or the uncle bishop? No, the cousin. Uh, what is it? starts with an A. Um, Art. Albert. Archduke. I got it written down. It's um. It's Albert. 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 Yeah. yeah. What about yeah. Frederick of Saxony? Frederick is. Frederick did. I mean, we didn't. We didn't mention how much he's gotten off of his. Yeah, they were talking about it. But his clutch was even bigger, so who knows how many years On he that has. note, yeah. on that note, I do want to bring up one point. Do you realize I want to call each other uncle and cousin from you know? That was weird. But I want to, I want to, uh, I want to make one statement. Zach, from now on, you call me Daddy One. Okay, <laughs> I'm glad that made you think of that. <laughs> I am Catholic. <laughs> my family's Catholic. I mean, uh -huh. so, you know, I should call you Father. So, if no, my puppy. if I if my family's Catholic. <laughs> And whatnot? Do I call be called niece Martha? Like, what, are we just giving each other names? So, auntie, want to be auntie for you? Let me kind of like auntie. Digress too much yeah. here. Before we pitter patter, uh, let's get at her. Um, should, oh we should be kind of should we kind of like have a little brief overview of the first thirteen chapters? We're kind of bouncing around between what we liked, and it's like different parts of what we read and stuff. So it, it might be kind of hard to follow. Okay, so uh, James, you want to recap the first thirteen chapters? 30 seconds. I'll, I'll do my best, but you guys jump in if I miss anything. But basically, we have the main character is Dumas, and he collects a lot of relics and like sells them to his patrons. Um, the, I mean, the correct, isn't it Dismas? Disney. It's Dismas. Yeah. Dismas. Dismas. Isn't that what I said? Dismas. You said yes. Dumas. Dumas. Oh, Dumas. Sorry, Dismas. 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 So his two patrons are Albert, who like is really in it for the prestige and money and all that kind of stuff, um, sure. and then Fred Frederick, who is kind of like he's really like into it because he loves the actual relics. Um, but the relics are all like all kinds of different religious artifacts, um, and there's this whole like conflict going on kind of behind the scenes where Albert and the Pope, uh, Pope and Leo. Um, just uh, one thing to say real quick. I don't mean yeah. to interrupt you, but. When we talk about religion, we're mostly talking about Judeo-Christianity uh, items, you know, Catholicism, about yes. saints, and I'm not talking about like yeah. every religion, but right now they seem to be focusing on historical Christianity, I guess you could yeah. call it. And we're talking, when yeah, we're talking relics, we're talking about like 
bones, flesh. Yeah, like they had the water, kneecap like, of some girl that was burned alive yeah, or something. Blood. Yeah, blood. Some virgin that was burned alive. That was a yeah, they, okay, they, had a, they had someone's nipples. I mean, anyway, so you have the whole conflict of like basically like the church and money, um, especially with Pope Leo on one side, and they're trying to like, keep the whole business side of the church alive so they can make more and more money. Then on the other side, you really kind of have uh, Martin Luther, who's like not really a prominent character, but he's kind of in, in the background, um, where he's trying to call out the church for all of the corruption and, and badness that's going on. Um, and so it's all about the idea that if like you know, all relics good or bad, um, are they actually religious or are they not? Um, but are they this, blasphemous, sacrilegious, all that stuff? Yeah. So then Dismas ends up losing all of his money in a scandal, um, and so he he decides Here to walk with a, with an artist friend of his to fake the shroud of Jesus Christ, which which he he was buried in. It's um, the one, and, yeah, yeah, and sell it to Albrecht for a shit ton of money. Um, so that way he can retire, like like the one last gig before I leave the game, kind of like kind of kind of story. Um, but then, right at the end of chapter thirteen, he gets caught and captured, and we have no idea what's going to happen next. Okay, I have just a quick question at the end of chapter at the end of that because I had to go back and re-listen to that part like four or five times because I could not understand what was happening for some reason. What was the issue? There was jewelry. There was some kind of jewelry on the shroud. Oh, okay. What was that? So let me go back a little bit. So when Dismas talks to Frederick about how he's retiring uh-huh. and then Frederick, of course, knows about the shroud and how he sold it. Right. And he was like, hey, how come you didn't sell it to me first? And then he tells Frederick, Uncle Frederick, sorry, that it's fake. Then Frederick's artist right. uh, that what's it, what does it start with? Uh, shoot. Oh, it was like, I know what it's you're like talking about. Crack. Something yeah. Like that. Yeah. Crimic. Anyways, that yeah. stamp from his ring is on the relic. So he like punched it or No, he just hidden like he just hid his marking there his signature. Yeah. And that's and that's a point. It's like his watermark. Is is it like a physical like like an ink stamp? Is that what you're saying? When it got when the shroud got burned, then he could see question. it. So yeah, that's when he could see the the stamp. Okay, so, so there was at... a fire, right? There was a fire in their barn in the church. Yeah. Okay. In the church, in the yeah. Church. And that fire revealed the watermark, basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. The way I understood it, though, was that the the symbol of Kranich was Kranich, wo- woven around the, the 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 serpent, which is the, the symbol of the devil. Right. Um, and yeah. so my, my thinking, I, we'll probably get into this as we talk, but my thinking is that um, the actual artist who made it, um, I, I don't du- know, Duber, Duber. You Durer, his name? Yeah, Durer, Durer. I, I think I think it's something he snuck in as a gag. So. Well, here's the thing: they mentioned Durer is very vain. He wants people people to know that he's the artist of this paint. So he would yeah. sneak himself in everything he would paint. He, but, I think, he painted a Last Supper and he put himself next to Jesus Christ in the actual right. painting. That's good. He's very, he, he wants to know that he doesn't like that other artist. Grant, uh, whatever you said it was Frederick's but, artist. He doesn't but, like but, him. They are, but that's what, that's why he put that's why he put his symbol as the devil. Like he put it around the the serpent because he said like this guy is the devil. Because oh, it was a, it was a, it was a okay, bad okay. symbol. Sorry. Yeah, right. We just wanted. He didn't think it was gonna be uh, phone. Who's who's suspect? Like he said, who is to know there's gonna be a fire there? Yeah. So and is he, it he, kind he, of a thing? He already he wanted to get caught. Like no, no. He's I, just I, he's just gonna help himself. 
Yeah, because remember he already experimented with like the disappearing ink. Like he already like, yeah. he wrote the letter yeah, with that. that. So, cool, he, yeah. so he already has the ink. He was locked into his room doing the walk oh, for like, the, oh, like, days by himself. Completely yeah. So I, I think it was him like pulling a, a gag and he never thought that there'd be a fire and he would get caught. I thought it was all intentional. Now here's a question. Did, I don't, the ink makes sense. Okay. I know they mentioned it, but I'm not sure if they mentioned it in this chapter or the next chapter, so I'm not gonna say it. Did they mention what he used as a base when he made that marking there? Nope. No, no. not yet. Okay, we don't, know, anything, yeah, we don't know anything yet. Okay, yeah, I'll hold on to the next, well, next This chapter. is why you don't read ahead. <laughs> hey, hey, I mm. Yeah. No, I'll come I back to you after this podcast, okay? <laughs> I'm really cool. You're gonna hear from me. All right, so I, I wanna I wanna take a step back though, um, away from the plot a little bit, and I wanna kinda get everybody's opinions. Like what do you guys think of just like the concept of religious relics and artifacts? Like, well, do you think that things can have a, a certain power to them? I think it has a power if we assign it to it. Obviously that goes for anything, money, uh objects of any kind. I mean it's like that object holds power and that can hold power over nations. Symbols you know I mean? are very powerful, basically. Mm-hmm. Yes. As I just said, they're powerful. Yes. I uh, mean, it. <laughs> I don't know. It all comes down to, like, I guess personal belief is the best way. Like, yes, Zach's right, but, like, something that's, I guess, like, my mom's um, rosary. You know, that's a religious symbol, but it's my mom's. And because I love my mom, you know, and she's no longer with me, like that's so much more important to me than it, you know, just five years ago when it was just like in her jewelry box. Right. So it's, I'm kind of borderline. like, yes, I think it does like hold some power, but then I think I'm with Zach, like, you know, how much power do you give it though? Like, I don't sleep with it. it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, a lot of wars are fought over just religion alone, so you oh, can tell how much. Yeah, and that, that's what I think is interesting is like we have like personal artifacts, like Martha mentioned about her mom's rosary. Um, we like anybody's like wedding ring is always going to mean more to them than any other ring that they right. own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have we have like these personal artifacts, but what I think is really interesting when I was thinking about it with religious artifacts and really kind of like sacks at any kind of symbol was that the more people who believe in it, the more power it has, right? Yep. And oh, like yeah. You can actually, yeah, definitely. You can start wars. And it's, it's, it's kind of a really interesting thing to think about. Like it, it might not actually have the power to heal you, but it does have power over us if, if we give it power. I mean, Unless you choose the right and... grail. I saw Indiana Jones, okay? He chose the right grail. <laughs> he lived. John Connery lived and rode into the sunset. Oh, R.I.P. Sean Connery. He, we love you. He, yeah. he chose R. wisely. R. I mean, it's just like ordering bath. It's just like ordering Miley Cyrus's bath water, right? Like I can order anybody else's bath water, but if I got hers, oh, oh my god! I think you mean Belle Daphne's uh, bath water. Not, not that I know all this story, all this stuff. Only Zach could jump from like the Holy Grail to Miley Cyrus's bath water. <laughs> so, not that I think it's important, but I think it also like this book is going to be different for each of us because, like. Me personally, I grew up Catholic, and although I don't call myself like a true Catholic because I'm not anywhere as religious as like most or whatnot, like I believe in a higher power. I believe that you know God. There's just different forms of God. Like my God could be different from your God, you know things like that. So I'll have different interpretations from the books. Say somebody that doesn't believe in God. I'm gonna have a unique view on this because I am, like you said, I'm with you. I come from a from a mainly Catholic family. 
and I grew up in Catholic Belize, but they sent me to a Christian school for middle school and high <laughs> really school. So I, had, you so I had to learn Christianity views too. You know, just, so I had both views from both sides. I'm like, I don't want to be either. I'd say my, my family you was, gave up both. The, the family I grew up in was quasi Christianity. I mean, they believed in the, the stuff, but yeah. they didn't really go to church or anything like that. None of it really made an impression on me. Meanwhile, I grew up like hardcore Baptist for the first like twenty years of my life. There are certain parts of my family that are like that, but yeah, my, I want to, the family I, I grew up with. You know which part one, like yeah. that part and that lives in your town, right? Um, but it just like for me, it just never grasped. You know, I never, I never hooked onto it. Yeah, I think it's just like I'm thinking about like my own personal experiences, and I'm like, I, like it's like I grew up very religious and. I was very much involved with all of that. And kind of in my adult life, I kind of drifted around a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. But what was what's really stuck with me, something, something that's really like I was on my mind as I was reading this book was, um, and Mother, you have to remind me, what's the chapel in Santa Fe that we went to? Oh, Chimayo. Chimayo, it in, that, that's it. It's outside of Santa Fe, but yeah. Well, outside of Santa Fe. Um, we went to this chapel outside of Santa Fe called Chimayo. And there's supposedly like this dot in the ground of one of the buildings that has healing power. And when you walk in there, you see like all these pictures of people who have been healed. Um, you see crutches of people who have been healed and left their crutches behind. Um, it's really fascinating to kind of see that. And normally I wouldn't put really much belief into something like that. But at that moment, standing in that place, like you can't help but to feel something. Yeah. It, it was the part of the, the holiest place i've ever felt in my life and it was at a time i wasn't really that religious but it was it was really fascinating experience to kind of to kind of go through something like that yeah they they even mentioned that in the book though when they were showing off the shroud for the first time there were people that it was performing miracles they said that people were just so shocked and even though it was a fake you know what i mean yeah well dismas brought that up too whenever they arrested him it was yeah. like you said it cured people so yeah. is it fake yeah and that's that's something well, i had written down too i was I, it kind of was like i was thinking from a different perspective i was like well what kind i wonder what percentage of all these religious artifacts they're fake but then i was thinking i was like well technically we're putting our own value onto them so i mean any of them could be real slash fake depending on who I you think have. The, most of the placebo effect at that point and then yeah. it, does it even matter, right? Like... That's, yeah, that's what I was thinking too. It doesn't even matter, but also too, how many people, how many like people throughout the the years have benefited from this kind of thing? And then obviously, Dismiss he makes a shit ton of money, and then you know he pays the price for it. But but I mean, it's like how many people throughout history have profited off this sort of thing? And it's just you know that's human nature, I guess. I mean, you just have to look at the Vatican. I mean, the Vatican's one of the top tourist destinations in the world. Yeah. And people go there to see the artifacts and the art and the history and everything else to go along with it. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's still I mean, that well, way. look at uh, Notre Dame. When it burned down, how many donations did it get? Like, oh, my God, we have to rebuild this. And that's kind of my issue with Christianity on itself is that, you know, we put so much stock value into, like, tourism of the Vatican, you know, rebuilding Notre Dame, but what do you actually do, like, for your actual, like, neighbor? Do for your you, community. Right. Yeah, do you do you give to your community? Do you donate to the poor? Like, what do you actually, so that's that's always been kind of my battle. You like, okay, priest, you call yourself you a Christian? Little boys. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that's why I'm <laughs> telling about religion right there, man. Just because, like, 
like you said, why are we placing more value in a material building that's over just what the we human should be quality, doing? I think. I don't I mean, know. We, 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 in anything we put value in, you know what I mean? We, in our health, in our world, and what we see is through our experiences that everything has a value. You can see it a lot in the book, too, when all that he's caring about, he doesn't care about the shot being real. In fact, he wants to know how much, how much money more he can get, how much money he can bring from it. And, and all that. Well, yeah, like, because when they have those artifacts, they the um, Archbishop invites people in and they're supposed to pay to like touch it and stuff, and that'll give them indulgence for their right. uh, sentence in purgatory. That's and so, yeah, he's making money back. <laughs> well, he, he he proves it by like actually making Saint Peter's boat, and like he knows one hundred percent it's fake because he made it, or he had it made at least, and he doesn't kill because. And let's just let's tell the people what we're talking about when we talk about Saint Peter's boat right there, because I think we're just skipping around and we're not telling people that hey, yeah. at one point <laughs> Desmond is he he wants to hunt these artifacts, and he saw that they were selling the the Saint Peter's boat, but he realized it was a fake. And what's the name of the Duke, um, Frederick? No, no, no. Frederick's a good one. You're thinking of the other one. Um, Art. Uh, Albrecht. 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 Sorry. He had that made. And then he said, like, oh, yeah, Fred, uh, this moth. This moth. He went out there and he found this for me. Look at this. Look what my guy can do. Look what he can find me. Yeah. But we are and... overlooking one major thing of the first few chapters is that I think will play a major role later on is Martin Luther. Yeah. We haven't even touched on that. Talked about, he gets talked about a little bit. He... Initially, he gets brought up because he he was Post famous for posting those those what was it tenets the, or... the ninety five theses that he posted on the church wall of the uh, Catholic church wall. Yeah, you yes. guys might be able to. You guys might know more about it than I do. I mean, I, I learned about it in school just very briefly, but I don't. It's basically never... he's just announcing the church, the Catholic Church. It's just it's at that point where the Catholic Church is so powerful, and well, yeah, Martin Luther comes. Yeah, and comes it's out. A... Is it Martin Luther? They controlled science. Martin Luther. They controlled everything. Okay, I always yeah. And but he comes out and he says no. Yeah. He's basically the one that started um, Lutherism. Right? Yeah. Lutherism. And it changes the fact from Catholicism to Christianity. He said, he's announcing the church, hey, all you want is money. All you want is power. Why don't you let the people read the Bible? Why don't you let them do this? It denounces everything they believe in it. And at this point, it's denouncing the very art of what Desmond is doing. Or the very, you know, profession. Maybe doing not what he's doing, but like what the Pope is doing and stuff. Well, like top that. Of that, yeah, but, um, yeah, but it's I, mean, all I think all he really cares about is just treasure hunting and making money and stuff. Yeah, and he cares about the, the the sport of it. You know what I mean? It's oh, that boat's fake. Why would you buy that? I can buy you the. Oh, no, I you know what I mean. Yeah, I don't really write about it. I disagree a little bit with that. With that, Zach, like I, 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 like the hunt is is kind of what drives him, but he he does care that at least a part of him believes it's real. Right? That's what I mean. Like, yeah, that's what I yeah, mean. It's, it's, well, he makes that clear when he's talking to Marcus on the boat, and and that's the thing too. Like when Marcus is talking to Dismas on the boat, and he's talking about like, well, do you do you read Latin? And I mean, these are two obviously intelligent men, and he's like, no, I don't. He's like, so you believe everything he's telling you? And he's like, yeah. So the church has always just been this middleman. It's this middleman that tells you like, okay, this is what you need to follow. And you know you you do it this way, and so people listen. So Martin Luther obviously was like, "Nah, I'm done with this." I mean, I mean, I assume he knew Latin because he was like, "None of this shit makes sense what they're telling us." So that's why he wrote his thesis. Well, Martin Luther was one of the monks, and it was the it was the monks' job to make copies of the Bible. That's what they did back then, and mm -hmm. so Martin Luther probably knew the Bible better than almost anybody. Um, and so that's what's interesting that he he's the one who said, you know, actually the church is full of bullshit. 
like here's what it actually is supposed to supposed to be and then he made all those theses that well, yeah them. even even Dizma said uh whenever he was talking to Marcus and then Marcus was like hey tell me in the bible where it says anything about indulgence and why we're supposed to pay and this was like well i know it's in there somewhere but i can't tell you where because he he and then he kind of questioned himself like he's not I don't know where it's at. Yeah. you get well he doesn't know where it's at of doubt and that just starts you start thinking about it you just start doubting yourself and you start questioning things once you start questioning things that's the beginning of the end for a lot of people's beliefs yeah right. well what's what's interesting too is just like again we're kind of joking about how the witch get away with anything like still to this day but even today, the church still controls the message, right? Like people can, they, they can read the Bible, but most people choose not to. Well, and, and they the just and translate it so many times throughout the years. You know, it's yeah. it's good. You can play telephone with that damn thing. It's changed so much. You know? <laughs> but it's it's interesting that people like will quote Bible verses that support what they want to believe. Like the whole like anti-gay stuff in the Bible was like literally two verses later. It talks about how we can't wear polyester. You know, and it's like, <laughs> Wait, well, it, it says you can't wear mixed cloth. You, you can't wear well, like, two different cloths okay. together. Right. Which right, polyester right. is uh, a mixed cloth blend. It's like a mixed blend yeah. of cotton and, yeah. Pleather. So it's, Pleather. it's interesting that even to this day, people pick and choose what parts of the Bible that they, they want to believe in. and, and want to, human want nature. To they just want to, they just want to pick what's right. Yeah. yeah. One little aspect about the book that also comes out really great is that how they mix little historical nuggets into the into the first thirteen chapters. That was thing cool. I was little... wondering too mm-hmm. if a lot of this is based on you know real real events. Yeah, because Martin Luther's real, and we know, I know they, they, real, hint, yeah. they hint at Gutenberg. And, almost, and we've heard of those saints before, so I mean those saints are, you know, the stories behind the saints are real. Yeah, no, yeah, and they also hit that like Gutenberg, you know, the he wrote Bible. the first Bible, yeah, or mm-hmm. translate the first Bible into what is it, English or something like that? And they hinted him in there. They don't give much detail about what he's doing yet, but he they hint at Gutenberg, they hint at all this, and it just reminds me of you know, high school for me actually, because I learned all that in high school, coming from a religious high school. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like the author himself, I mean, I know he's James loves the stuff he does, and I feel like he really puts his research in before he, you know, he was writing this book. So that's I did like yeah. that. It reminds me of pressure. It, it's cool Ooh, that like it, it does nice. really it, it does really ground it in reality. Like when we have that in there, because even though the storyline of the characters and stuff, it's all fiction. With all those little tidbits, it feels like it feels like a real story. It feels like these are real people going through all this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, will say, just to kind of round this off a little bit, the first part of the book, honestly, I was bored to tears. Oh, uh, me too. same. I was going to me, it, even. After I think it took that, me to chapter it, it three. Me, yeah, it took me a little bit to get into it because I mean, it, it was just boring. But it, it does pick up, especially after he comes home. He talks to the Pope, and he talks, or not to the Pope, to the Archbishop, and then goes talk to Uncle, and then you start getting like little inklings of like a little mystery going on here. Like, oh, is there some kind of betrayal or something I, like that? That's I, what thought it he I thought he could introduce the book a little bit better though, because it took me a while to understand who the main character even yeah. was. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a lot of names, a lot of things going on. It's a lot of a lot to keep track of. But honestly, like I was, I was honestly scared to death because like this was one of the books that I picked out, and it was kind of like <laughs> my, it was kind of like my random fifth book that I just threw in there. Because I'm like, oh, I want, I'd like to read this. Why not? And when I started reading it, I'm like, oh no, like this is gonna be an awful book. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> I, mean, I already hate you, so that that doesn't change. James. I mean, 
me and Jason listened to the audiobook on the way back to home. And the first chapter, I was like, you got to turn this off, babe. I'm falling asleep. Like, it is putting me <laughs> to sleep. So yesterday, I made a point to like, okay, I got to read chapter one. And then, like I said, once I got to pass chapter one and two, three, then I was like, oh, okay, we're getting some flow here. Because, yeah. oh, I my God. You. What I was the part that you wanted to finish completing and reading the first 13 chapters? What part I wanted to what? Yeah, what was the part that you said, okay, it's good now. I can finish reading these next I mean, 13 I, chapters. I freaking love the boat the boat conversation between Marcus and so I guess we're on the same boat yeah (laughs) for for me it even took me a little bit longer because like I'm for me as well I'm a kind of plot driven guy so I kept waiting for the story to kick in I'm like okay where's the where's the storyline for this these are interesting characters and what's going on but I wonder what's what's gonna happen so it's when they started making the shroud, like for me, that was like, okay, now I'm getting it, into it this. Picks this is up a this lot is cool. after that too. Holy yeah. shit! You can see yeah. how quickly money drove drove Dismas too. He lost all his money, and, and that he, forced, he yeah, acted in he a way that I don't think he would have acted before. Yeah, his own yeah, personal he, values. They made a big deal about, hey, I'm not going to do this. It's all about the genuine, you know, being genuine, being real. I am the best. I find the real ones. I don't find fakes. And then he that goes all out the window the moment he loses all his money. Yeah, I, that that goes the same for pretty much anyone I, out there. I mean, if you where I would to... agree with that, I think that you guys are missing the fact that he felt really bad about something. Like, was whenever he's having that whole conversation, trying to sell the shroud to him, and then having to face Fredericks and tell him that it's fake. Like that really ate that him alive. Him. So it was like a disappointment. Yeah, parent the money he needed the money, but it that really did hurt him to actually sell a. Fake. It did, but it still didn't stop him from doing that. It's human nature. Yeah. I mean, you feel I mean, bad he, about what you do, but you still do. If you still did, did it, what's the matter? You feel know, bad. Uh, yeah. I would say, I would say he sacrificed his values. He didn't like give up his values because like, yeah. he did still feel bad about it. But he sacrificed it anyways. He kind of went went against his values anyways. So well, and like, yeah, I mean know, that's that's what money will do to you, right? Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> yeah. say I, I can say here that if you know some brand I really hate, I you know I'm I'm never gonna do that. But if they came and offered me you know a million bucks and be like, mm, you know, I'd think about it. Look, Someone that's offered me five hundred bucks to kill you, Zach. I wouldn't heartbeat do it. Just throwing that's that out. Oh there. I mean, five hundred bucks is too much. That's a waste of money. But is money is money the true evil? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're gonna get into big questions now. <laughs> I do believe yeah, creating yeah. money is the root of a lot of evil. Not all of it, but a lot of it. Then why is the church all about money? It's evil. There we go. So <laughs> I mean, controlling people, dude. We could really, we could really piss I mean, off some people. About, they talk about, they're talking <laughs> and, about how the arch oh, took it from the fans. We just, uh, we just make goodbye, guys. Sorry. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about, it's about where you put your priorities right like if you value money over people then that's when you become evil and And here's the other thing too (laughs) if 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 you only consider yourself to have good morals because of religion and acting nice toward other people then there's a problem with that i think yeah if you're only if you're only doing it to get into heaven and not because you actually want to be a good person like that's not a good reason yeah but Right. You guys, I mean, today, I mean, look at all these mega churches and how much money some of these religions have. That it's outrageous oh, the type of money they have. And Joel Osteen and all that. They... Joel Osteen, fuck that guy. Oh my gosh, that mega church, or even um the Church of Latter Saints, Scientology. What's the other one? Well, don't start yelling Scientology. They'll come oh, after. Oh, you about the I'll ones see... that boycotts all these funerals and everything? No, 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 that's West Coast, right? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. I'm talking about uh, Mormons. Mormons, like the oh. Mormon church owns so much property. 
Yeah, they have no so labor. much money. Really? And what, like, why does a religion need this kind of money? Isn't the point to give the money back and do good with it? If you're really going to preach me Christianity, Christianity, like, why? And, and to play, like, I guess, angel's advocate here a little bit. <laughs> um, they're, they're, all, they're all actually a lot of good big churches and they like they're big because that gives them the resources to help right they have they have space they have the money to to do stuff to actually like like to mobilize a large group of people to help and like there's obviously really bad churches out there but there's also some really good ones that and just because it's it's big doesn't mean it's bad and just because it's a small church doesn't mean it's good um it's just it's again it's about where you put you put your priorities put put your values well and i think it all put comes down to like who the people are running it. Yeah. If your lead, if your leader is a bad man, I mean, look what's happening here in America. Like everybody, everybody around the world thinks we're shitheads. They do. And it's because we have a bad leader behind us. So. (laughs) And the other half of our viewers gone. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So all the people that are good, so all the the good people people that are still listening. Well, I mean, it's, it's like a Let's be realistic, guys. Like, those guys were never going to read a book anyways, so it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. Calm down. Zach read a book? Oh, oh. Do a book. No, I honestly, like, to be honest, I honestly believe that I don't have to sit in a church and prove that I could go to heaven. As long as I'm a good person, I do my best to help when I can, yeah. you know, and if I see somebody in need, I try to, you know, go and help to my ability why the fuck do i need to sit in a church and listen to you tell me how to be a good person when i can actually do it yeah so that that's my thing like <laughs> who's to define what good is i mean it's good however you whatever you think, think is good i mean that's... one you can't kill zach and call it good like you actually did something for humanity people across the world that are fighting these warrior religion like in the middle east one who say which? I don't know. It's horrible things being done, but they believe in their own religion. They believe that they're doing the right thing, and that's where it goes on to. Like everyone believes their own yeah. version of good. Who say what's actually good? Well, what if we're doing the bad? We're actually bad, and they're actually the right. And the, and the if, right. If you really want to explore too in the gray areas, like you talk about murder, like oh, you just can't kill somebody. But what if that person was about to kill two other people? Hey, and the only way to stop them is to, is to kill them, right? Oh, what are you? Capital, <laughs> what's like, what's capital capital we're actually killing someone. You know, like here in Texas, we believe in corporal punishment and. uh the death penalty. Oh, don't get me. That's a whole other discussion about the death penalty. We're not going to talk about that. This will start getting into not that <laughs> but, kind of podcast. <laughs> but the the, the really isn't like a, a capital G good, right? It's it's always going right. to be relative. Yeah. Always going to be whatever your definition of good is, I guess, and where you're where you're at. Right. Yeah. Definitely. Damn, this got hot and heavy. Holy shit! I didn't expect, <laughs> I didn't expect this. If I'm honest, a lot of this conversation, James and Martha, reminded me of that conversation that we were having last year on our way back from your birthday trip, Martha. Oh, yes, I remember that. Oh, are you talking about the time? Are you talking about whenever you were asleep and yeah. I was like talking shit about like, I'm not going to overpraise my kids. Like, what the <laughs> I was like in and out of sleep. And then you guys were having like this deep religious conversation. And I just like joined in every now and then, like I do. He just threw his two cents in every once in a while. <laughs> it's not worth much it's not well, even worth that much <laughs> i feel like religion is very weird for me and james because like james said he grew up in a very religious household like and i mean to this day they are very religious and i always had like this battle because my mom wanted me to be raised catholic 
my dad was like anti-Catholic and he's like, I want you to go try all these other churches, but I wanted to like be my mom's religion because I love my mom. And I, I, I was always, I'm always curious. So I always looked at different religions and that's why I'm kind of like, I can't say I'm religious, but I do believe that there is something out there. Like there's just, there's too much shit that's happened in my life to say that I'm, there isn't anything I'm out there. That. I'm with you on that. I love my mother to death, but telling her that I wasn't over overly Catholic anymore was probably one of the hardest things I've ever well, I've did. had many a fights with my mother about this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not religious at all, to be honest anymore. So you just see a lot of bad shit in the world, you know. Some of the worst people I've seen. I have friends that are gay. I'm not say who they are, but they have to hide the fact who they are from their own family. That just hurts. See that how much they struggle about that. I guess yeah. there's a really different view on religion, and I just can't get behind something that condemns someone else and just puts them down and puts them in a shitty position where they have yeah. to hide who they are from their own family. There's a lot of hate, and I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like that. And and that's what I mean. I I can see where where the conflict comes from, and I'm not gonna down anybody. I mean, I'm not gonna be like sitting here preaching to you guys like you need to believe in something because no, I'm that's not, not, like it's I a very personal something, especially after that yeah. conversation we had, James, like. Because I remember, I was like, you know, I was telling James, I was like, I don't really believe in anything. He's like, well, you got to believe in at least something. Like, what do you believe, actually believe in? Whether the universe was created 14 billion years ago or we're only 100 years old and living on the tip of God's dick or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I put it quite that way, but... <laughs> I just heard those words, I guess. I do believe that... Private. I believe that, well, this is kind of a funny statement, but I believe that belief is important. It is, it's a powerful part of being human. Yeah, I think so. There's a lot um, of community, there's a lot of well-being people. and stuff that can help yeah. with being in a religious society and stuff. And I, I, I know, like, science isn't one of those things, like, I believe in science. Science is just science, right? But and even if you're more... on it, so you know. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> even if you're more scientific, than like, you believe in curiosity and creativity. Yeah. Like, you believe in those things. And I, I think, like, yeah, I think that, like, it's all those things are good. No matter, like, where you end on the religious spectrum, um, I think that a belief in something is what kind of drives us forward as as a human species. Yeah. No, I, I'm... That's the great first... We got all... We, we did pretty good for the first 13 chapters. We got a lot out of it. <laughs> so... And I, I like say... how we each got something different out of it. Yeah, it's just our different experiences and different lives and how we grew up and how we view the world and stuff like that. Like, I'm a very, I don't know if, what the word is, but... Uh, agnostic, I guess it was called? I'm agnostic, but there's a different way of, of looking at things. But like, I'm very, op not optimistic, but uh, I'll think of the word. We'll talk about it later. Anyways, but um, so James, I guess what, we know Martha's part, like Martha, what was your favorite part of the book? so far my favorite part of the book so far yeah shit i mean i know why no was, i'm just i'm thinking what was your favorite I'm, part? I'm really thinking of what i was laughing at go ahead Juan. you know your favorite 13? part huh the ending of chapter 13 because they got that me was, that was so good yeah, i like the boat scene i like the boat scene and all they got me what got me into actually well, and that's the thing too. I started thinking right after I read that, and I was like, "Oh fuck!" One of the reviews when we were picking the book, it said it's like an Ocean Thirteen meets uh, whatever it said. And I was like, "That's 
this is where it's starting to kick off. This is where it's yeah. starting to get good. We picked a weird yeah. chapter to end on. Like, holy fuck. Yeah, well, like, yeah. We, yeah. Could, we could I not have planned that. Further, I can just find myself going further into the story. I think my favorite part is all the shit they talk about that monk that is it Tenzel, Tezel, the one that's like promoting you to pay money for your oh, indulgences. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I'm just like, oh my God, like it's it's so fucking true. Like you're just sitting there like, what a motherfucking hypocrite. <laughs> like this guy is over here like, you sin, touch this ship. Oh, and pay your money. Oh yeah. now you you got to like, oh my god, it's it's like watching religion today. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nothing changing. For for me, like I, I kind of have two parts. I keep bouncing between. Um, the first one is like when he got drunk with his oldest friend, and he just like went on a whole like rant about the Pope and everything else. And I was like, yeah. like I, my heart was beating like so fast. I'm like, oh my god, these guys gonna die. <laughs> oh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when like, they like, about the Black Plague, I was like, a fucking course. There's a plague going on in this fucking yeah. book. You can't get away just, from it. Ooh, it was like right. it was so yeah. out there. Like, like like someone in this setting. Like screaming obscenities about the Pope is just like com- completely took me by surprise. But the other part is like really honestly anything with Frederick. I love Frederick as a character, but I love like Dismas's emotions when he's around Frederick. Like I he feel changes. like he, Fre- Frederick makes him a better man, and I it's, think that's really interesting. Like, like a dad to him, you know? Yeah, because like the first time when they're like when they're looking at all of his different like vaults that he has with all the stuff, like it's just like the the cool like power aspect of it and then the next time they meet when he's like feeling guilty and like like that emotion is so powerful when he's writing it i thought that was just those are really good scenes for me speaking of frederick he's taking a big risk in this book by hiding yeah he's hiding out martin luther and the whole church is after martin oh yeah they want reasons to give him up yeah yeah and he had the base collection in his these it is uh 95 statements whatever they contradict everything that frederick has all his all his uh, collection, his whole collections. Yeah, Frederick probably has the most to lose, and he's he putting does. it all on the line. But you've got to think about it this way. You know, we, we see both sides. We see the, uh, Ar- say his name again. I always forget his name. Ar- Albrecht. Albrecht. He's trying to buy his way into the seat of the Pope. Yeah. So it's all about the glory for him, where he's Frederick is the scholar. The Frederick yeah, has a university. Yeah. It's all about the actual history of the artifacts. It's not to do with the actual religion. It's that this is history. And so I think why he I think why he protects Martin Luther is because he appreciates the I guess the more curious and educational side of like hey, he's doing his research and this is something he doesn't believe because I don't even think Frederick is really outright religious and 100% for the pope. So I think, I think it's like I think for him I think he's like religious personally, but I don't think he's a big supporter of the church. Is he a bishop? Yeah. Is that I can't remember. I think he's an archduke. I think like he's, a, I think, I he's one of the archdukes. He's an arch. Yeah, he's yeah, an arch. He's, I know he's an archbishop now. Okay. He's and trying he to be a cardinal, or is he a cardinal? Did he buy his no, way no, to cardinalship? No. That, that's a that's Albrecht. Albrecht. Okay. No, Frederick Fre- isn't Fre- anything. I don't think Frederick's part of the church. He's just royalty. And and you know it's oh. funny you said you mentioned that he has the most to lose out of all of this. I was thinking the opposite. I honestly, I thought whenever they were talking about the serpent and everything like that showing up on the cloth, I thought it was the uncle, but no, not the uncle. I thought it was the painter that uh, the uncle's painter that came in and did all that as kind of a revenge because he was jealous of all the attention that they were getting. That's what I thought. Well, I thought we don't know what's going to happen yet. We just, we just don't yeah, think yeah, yeah. I mean, And see, I, I thought it was Frederick's painter 
because um Frederick Painter, he, that's who I meant. Frederick Painter, yeah. I thought it was him because Frederick was like pissed off that they sold him a Frank Shroud. He was like, hey, go over there and make a fire and put your emblem on there. So that's what I was thinking actually when chapter 13. I thought it was Frederick's painter that yeah. did. So this yeah. is a good transition then to like uh, uh, one of the last questions I think we can ask is like, what do you guys think is going to happen next? Now, Juan, I'll since you did, out. I'll sit out. Like, like, <laughs> Juan, like Juan, you can you can try to answer like like maybe like, if you think back and like what did you think was going to happen next? But like really, like what, like, what does no, everybody I think just, is? I can't say the answer is that being okay. no one. I'll just keep quiet. I, go okay. so, like, I feel like it's going to be a quest for the Holy Grail kind of thing. Like I think he's going to have to go out and find the actual shroud of Jesus Christ. You think that's what the huh. Albrecht is going to make him do? As far yeah. as like, or think? else he's going to die. Yeah. Yeah blackmail him almost i guess yeah uh, see to me know? i think i think this is going to give albrick so much influence and so much power that he's not going to be able to punish dismas mm-hmm. and because the, the reason why i think that is because at the very beginning of the book the book we kind of have that intro chapter where the shroud is in pope leo's tomb and so leo gets that shroud somehow and so, obviously, Albrecht gets close. I, I think that Albrecht gets close with the Pope because of this. But isn't the Pope dying right now? That's syphilis. Yeah, but yeah. he's he ends up with the Shroud some somehow. So. I think I think so. I mean, I I I just keep thinking back to what I read when I first my first impressions of the book that it's a heist book as well, Ocean's Thirteen. So I think I'm with Martha on this. I think there's going to be some kind of deal that Albrecht is going to make with Dismas saying you have to do this or else you're fucking dead like go find me the actual shroud I, yeah. I and then they do it then they do an ocean 13 swap yeah exactly <laughs> it's going to be some kind of like switcheroo and then I think the uncle is going to end up with it that's the real kicker Ooh. Oh. Mm. Twist. Ooh, nice nipple twist nipple twist no they got nipples <laughs> oh yeah they got nipples <laughs> Some good theories. This is I like, part of the I like podcast these. we get all overly sexual between us three guys, and Martha just uh, listens, right? <laughs> she she likes to watch. Oh, gross! No, I'm a participant. I am not into that. Uh, <laughs> not sorry, anymore. sister. Too much TMI. I get it. <laughs> but I don't know. I. I really am kind of sad we had to end on 13, but I'm looking forward to reading yeah. the next couple of chapters. I, it, it I'm makes like, me, I need it makes to me know. hopeful for the rest of the book because the first half of it did not catch me. Yeah, I think so, we're, we're, we're going to hit a really good spot. supposed to like the book anyways, you know? Yeah. And it's four different people with four completely different tastes in what they read. So mm-hmm. we're not all going to be happy no matter what we read or enjoy it all fully. I appreciate that we picked this book because I probably would have never picked it. I mean, James owns it, and yeah, I've been like, exactly. "That's James's book." I never would have read this without you guys, like actually telling me about this. Oh, James! And then <laughs> so actually having a, a really nice conversation about it, honestly, because if Juan and I were talking about this, I'd be like, "Do you see the dick on chapter three? <laughs> we're, reading, we're reading a different book from you guys, okay? No, yes, <laughs> I have a different book club going on. So yesterday when I was reading, like, I'd end, like, chapter three, and I'd run in and be like, man, I fucking hate that Archbishop guy. He's a douche. And then yeah. I get up to 
chapter five and I'd be like, oh, I really like Fredericks. And then I come back <laughs> to the room and like, I was always back, back and forth, back and forth. And that's how I am with James. And James is like, oh my God, leave me a woman. Just really finish like the you, fucking James. book like and you, then talk James. to me. <laughs> Honestly, like I, I didn't want to respond too much because I wanted to kind of like save the conversation for the podcast. Right, like like for me, it's it's hard because I want to talk to Martha about it right away, but I, I need to like hold back so we can we have something to talk about that's All fresh. Right, so I'm cooking, I'm cooking the meatloaf <laughs> yesterday in the kitchen, reading the book, Damn, and he's so in the man. he's in the fucking living room, and I get to the end of thirteen, and all he hears from me is like. Fuck, that's really how we have to end the fucking book right now. I was so mad. And she only had to wait. She you only had to wait one day. The rest of us had to wait a lot longer. Yeah, I know. I didn't wait. I just went on. Fuck you guys. <laughs> All right. So speak, speaking of, let's look ahead to see what we're gonna read. Um, my suggestion is since we did lose some time, let's try to shorten it up a little bit. And I was thinking let's read through chapter thirty-four for next week. I know that's a lot. But that'll put us back on track, and we'll just have one more podcast after that to finish it up. So, do you want me to to kind of wrap? Do you want to we'll wrap this up, and then I can recommend a book? Because oh yeah, that's it, right. It, it is Zach's book recommendation. recommendation. I, I forgot I about that. I, I Good job, Zach. Hey. Right, so yeah, so so on the next podcast, we will hit chapters fourteen through thirty-four. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, go ahead and wrap wrap us up with your book recommendation of the week, Zach. Okay, so this book is. Probably my all-time favorite book. Uh, I've read it. The Steven Spielberg. Uh, no, 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 no. It, it, it's up there. Those Why men there. have small dicks? It, it it hits so close to home, Martha. Um, he can small dicks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. I have a big heart. Um, so at no, least something's bigger than you. I've. <laughs> it's. <laughs> I don't want to talk about this anymore. <laughs> <laughs> go, go ahead, Zach. I'm listening. Hey, shut up. Shut up. Let Zach talk. Go ahead. Uh, uh, this is the book. Bo- the book. The book I've read the most out of any book ever. It's Flowers for Algernon. It's by Daniel Keyes. Um, it follows the story of a mentally disabled man, um, and it follows. It kind of parallels between him and a mouse named Algernon. And there's this new experiment, new surgery that they could perform that increases their IQ by. 100 points or something like that he starts out at like 60 on the iq scale and then ends up at like 200 by the end of it but it kind of journeys it kind of details his journey and like i said it it mirrors along with the mouse algernon so everything that happens to the mouse happens to him so it's like that that kind of interesting dynamic and it kind of deals with how people view him like he starts seeing how people were treating him when he was stupid. And then now that he's smart, um, people start to really, they, he's even more isolated because he can't connect with these people because he's so intelligent, everything like that. And you can see together. Yeah. And you can, it's like, he's lonely because he was mentally retarded and people were making fun of him to being where people were, are afraid of him. And he's still lonely. I don't think you can say that anymore. Zach, by the way, mentally retarded. Yeah, I think mentally it's disabled. Mentally challenged now at this point. Okay, I'm, whatever. I'm sorry. Whatever it is, mentally disabled, mentally challenged, Juan. Um, if that'll work. Um, but it, it, just because his intelligence increases doesn't mean his emotional intelligence increases too. Because he's he's like thirty something in the book, but he has the emotional intelligence of like a five year old. So whenever he starts becoming smarter 
you can really see that part of his life is really lacking and just like when he tries to form relationships and when he tries to form you know talk with his friends and everything like that and he just ends up becoming so much smarter than them he can't really connect and talk with them because he just he, he doesn't have anything to talk to them about that they would understand um mm-hmm. but it's it's a really good book um i cry every fucking time i read it it's <laughs> It's because it's it's the rise and the fall. You know, it he gets smart and then he gets dumb. I mean, that's not a spoiler. They literally say that on the back of the book. Um, and um, I, I like how you brought that up, and he didn't mention. If you like that, watch Flowers for Charlie on It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> but it's written by the the Game of Thrones guy, so it's kind of it leaves a sour taste in my mouth there. George R. Um no no the, the davids yeah oh the from the show not the book but it it's it's just such an awesome book and it's such it's so well written and in the beginning it's it's written as like a journal style so he's he's writing it as or he's 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 it's written as if it was written by charlie through all of the stages of his journey. So it's like at the beginning, there's spelling errors, there's no commas, there's, you know, it's just, it's different ways. You just see, you see progression. Yeah. Yeah. And then you see how he, like it, you see how he talks in the middle of the book when he's super smart. And then you can see little bits and pieces as the story goes on, just like a comma missing here or like a word misspelled here. And you're like, oh, fuck. It's just, it's so good. I, I, love this book um i don't know how i found out about it i think i, I first started reading it like five you didn't read it in ago. school no i never heard of See, it i remember reading it in oh. eighth grade and i don't think i fully appreciated in eighth grade i think it was maybe yeah. you need it, to read it a little yeah yeah it depending on when you read it in your life you'll get something different out of it too yeah i believe that yeah no so, I, I agree just, in a weird way i really relate with charlie and I'm not telling the, you guys in what way. Is that the mouse? <laughs> is that the mouse? Really with the mouse? He's no, tiny? no, no, no. Oh, it, 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 it would be it would be interesting to kind of read that right now, just kind of with all the things we're going through and just like, everyone struggling with loneliness at some level, right? I, I and I think that's really what really makes me appreciate this book so much more is how lonely he is, and he doesn't realize yeah. he thinks everybody is his friend in the beginning, but they're really just making fun of him. And at the That's end of it, he's super smart. Nature. Yeah, it, it's it's so stupid. And you can see there's some good people along the way, but there are people that are taking advantage of him because he's like this. And then it, when he becomes super smart, it's just like he alienates himself because he just can't comprehend how to well, talk it's, to these people. Or like, it's like that being blissfully ignorant. You know, it's is it better to like? not realize what's going on and just kind of be in your own world and like you're happy yeah. or is it better to like actually see what's happening and you're just it just makes you sad you're like why the hell do i want to be a part of that yeah so well, like as as your sphere of knowledge increases as what you know becomes larger and larger and larger so does your sphere of ignorance around that sphere of knowledge so the more you know the more you also don't know if that makes sense no, I never, thought about, I never thought about it that way, but that's yeah. actually really, that's really interesting. Yeah. But anyways, I, I know that was really long-winded, and I probably gave away the plot and everything yep. like that. But I, don't read anymore. <laughs> I love that book. I have to reread it at least once a year. And like I said, I cry like a fucking baby. I'm a sucker for that book. Man. 
that that was a good recommendation. Great, Thank great you. book. Thank you. Whose turn is it next week? You oh, pick. You, you pick. I pick. Ooh. Um, what number am I thinking of? Just pick uh, something. Sixty-nine. I said sixty-nine. <laughs> Juan, it's one. It's one. Juan wins. All right, Juan, you get to pick a book next week to recommend. Yeah, it might be fantasy. It's just throwing that out there. Hey, that's fine. Okay, it can be whatever book you want. Book, I have a book called Harry Potter. <laughs> it's oh, this new fan. I, I heard I heard fancy instead of fantasy, and I was like, ooh, fancy, huh? Ooh. <laughs> a fancy book. <laughs> All right, well, let's wrap this up. So thank you guys for listening to our first actual yeah. book club episode. So it was fun. fun. Yeah, apparently James is now uh James is now the person that's gonna moderate. So go ahead, James, close us off. I you well, took I'm my so- job. <laughs> Damn, all right. He gets a new just, mic and he's like, hey, huh, I'm king now. I see well, anyways, a whole... thanks for joining us for this podcast, guys. <laughs> Leave a like at the bottom, rate us five stars, subscribe. Maybe we'll send you our OnlyFans. Subscribe. We on love what? you. We have subscriptions? Wait for that subscribe. On Spotify. Oh, I don't want to do that. Oh. <laughs> uh, will support this podcast. He's like, fuck this <laughs> I've yet to listen to anything, just throwing that out there. I refuse to listen to my voice. Take us home, Martha. Oh, but it's so sexy, Juan. Zach. Mm. <laughs> I love how, how Juan moaned and fucking Zach did too. They went, mm. like they moaned at the same time. I've known that motherfucker. You'll be surprised how much I know the same wavelength for our sometimes. It, it's it scares the shit out of me. I love it. I love it. We'll all right, everyone. Like, not talk to each other all day and then text each other at the exact same moment. It's super Aww. And they call it puppy love. It's just guy love. Between, <laughs> Between two guys. guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Thank we'll see you, you next Wednesday. Adios. Bye-bye. Bye, guys. I love you. Oh, I said I love you.